You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Hey, yo, what up, me? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, woof, we're in for a treat. What? Because we have an award-winning actor, writer, director, comic book nerd that has an old project that got funded recently on Kickstarter called Darla. Let me introduce the one, Leone, the legendary, Mr. Josh Ruen. What up, kiddo? How you doing? What's up, man? How you doing? Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on, boy, and rocking with us today to talk about the awesomeness of Dollar and all the amazing stuff you've done, man. Because when I looked you up, I said, oh, my God, this is, this is the scrolls worth uh, of stuff. <laughs> you, you know, I, I would be sweeping all day if you start dropping these names that you've worked with. It's but that, though, you've had an awesome career, and, and now you're doing some stuff in comics, you know, further expressing your geekdom, awesomeness. You know, we're yeah. all about that. So... <laughs> Josh, give it to us, origin story, where you originally from and your first love in fandom. Oh, man. I was born in Washington, D.C. Uh, in 1983. Rhyme intended. Uh, I grew up in Potomac, Maryland, the suburbs. You know, my sister introduced me to horror. It was before comedy, before anything I got into. It's like Friday the 13th and Freddy's Nightmares and everything Freddy Krueger and everything Jason. It was all playing on cable all the time, always. So it was that combo of like my older sister letting me watch cable horror movies in her room. <laughs> Comics came a little bit later, you know. I probably probably enjoyed horror before I could read, um, but when, as soon as I could, comics were the first thing I picked up. But yeah, it was I agree with you there, Josh, because uh, definitely my love of horror predates my first, you know, touch of a comic. Yeah. Book. So we are brethren there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, what 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 was the first film then that stuck out in your mind? An obscure one, probably uh, Stephen King's Cat's Eye. So Cat's a really eye. obscure Stephen King movie, like young Drew Barrymore running from like yeah. a little troll demon in her wall, like different kind of vignettes. It's probably in part why my first movie was kind of like an anthology horror film in a way. So I was super inspired by it. It was it you know it's pretty cheesy now. You know if you watch it now, it's like full of cheese. But when I was a kid, it was. Really, really eerie. It just kind of got under got under my skin for sure. But Freddy Krueger, I mean, my intro to him was like he was like a cartoon character. I think Dream Warriors was the first Freddy movie I watched. Yeah. So he got funnier by then. That's why he way did. funnier. It, I started. It, it, yeah, like, he was Bugs Bunny when I watched him. Yeah, yeah, he was more of a character by then. That would just yeah destroy you in your dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So were you alone in your fandom growing up? You know, with your geekdom, did you have a tribe or you were a lone wolf? I was pretty much a lone wolf. I play a lot like with my action figures, making voices, you know, talking to myself. I had a couple of close buddies every time we moved because I moved a couple of times, mainly from Maryland to New York. And then, you know, from school to school, there's always one or two kids. Where's New York you hit up because I'm a Brooklyn boy. Well, I lived in Brooklyn way later, but first it was like, it was the sticks. It was uh, Woodstock, New York, which wasn't oh, really what it is now, but it was like yeah. the country, you know? 
Um, little did I know I was entering into like the DNA. Uh, I was breathing the same air as like Larry Fessenden, who was making scary movies up in that part of the that part of the world. And I think that's kind of what like bit me a little bit. Moving from the suburbs to like truly the woods, like full time mountain time. That was what really like ignited everything. But yeah, I didn't have a lot of friends. Oh, that sucks. Well, good, good. You still, you still have your toys. Your your parents bought you toys and good stuff to keep you. <laughs> That's in, right. Toys and cap guns. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they don't even make cap guns anymore. Not, not like, like they used to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, fine. rightfully so, I guess. But boy, were they they were a lot of fun. Like they looked real. There was a time when it was just the most fun ever. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that and the walkie talkies. I did some naughty things that I shouldn't yeah. have. Yeah. Won't admit now because I'll probably get arrested. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so talk about then getting creative. When did your creative spark begin? When, when and, and what was it in particular? I was always drawing, always drawing, always ignited by the cartoons that I watched. I mean, we grew up, you know. I, I mean, I'm God. I'm on the precipice of forty, but when I the cartoons I saw when I was a kid was everything from like Ren and Stimpy and the Beetlejuice cartoon to um to batman the animated series and so i it was really kind of dark obscure esoteric in senses of humor and in sensibility and that inspired me to start drawing i would draw a ton drawing like lined composition composition like marbled notebooks you know what i mean nice. and like, draw superheroes and different characters and draw like comic books you know just hand drawing panels and it was all a mess but I do that full time, you know, with like my one or two other geeky, geeky buddies. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I think that was the that was the sort of intro to comics. I'd read comics and then I'd copy, you know, I'd copy what I was reading in panels or in sizes and this, that and the other thing. It'd take me forever. But, you know, they were super fun. I got to dig those up, actually. I'm sure they're somewhere. Dig them up, bro. Dig them up. You need them. I got my very first comic as beat up as it is, you know, framed. Wow. I think it's being held down by one staple at this point. What is it? Was <laughs> it one that you drew? Warrior number two. No, no, my first comic that I ever read in my life. Yeah, that wow. one. It, it, it was a way for my parents to shut me the f up when I was going. Yeah. Uh, we were going to Puerto Rico at the time. So this yeah. is to JFK Airport with Eastern Airlines. Yeah, dating wow. my. <laughs> wow! Amazing! Amazing! So I still got that baby here, newsprint edition. I love it. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, man. You always got to keep your, your things, man, and find them. Uh, uh, those are yeah. definitely vital treasures. Because even like you said, look, you know, you got inspired by Cat's Eye. You know, how, how how strange your first project happens to be an anthology. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. It's that, that yeah. stick with you. It's absolutely real. That's right. right. That's right. We'll talk about then the big break. So here you are getting creative. And, and what was the first time you attempted to try to break in and, and got something? Oh, man. I mean, there are different tiers of it. You know, when I'm a young kid, I get into youth theater, we start doing plays. You're a big fish in a small pond. So that was the first taste of it. I would do plays. I do Little Shop of Horrors. I would do some PG version of Rocky Horror Picture Show. We do like Les Mis and like the old school musicals. You could do Rocky Horror and PG. <laughs> exactly. They were like, they took out the uh, touch, a touch, a touch me, touch, a touch, a touch me became the touch of tango. And like some of us wore fishnets, but no one had our shirt. I mean, it was just ridiculous that we, my parents were so nervous because when you see the movie and it's like, should the kids be in this? But it was Woodstock, New York. So it wasn't too, wasn't too perverted. Um, so there was like the first taste of that in theater. And then when I moved to the city, it was like, 
Then I, my first like a TV acting job was like a line in a soap, like one life to live. And I thought it was like going to be famous and rich, you know, that didn't happen, but did you like, sign then, up or how did you even get that? How did you even find out about it? Out of the blue, some casting director called me who I had auditioned for just, uh, I guess, probably on some big cat roll call audition. And she thought his cheekbones are, you know, sharp enough. Maybe he could, he could do one line as a bartender at the ultraviolet bar in one life to live. And I thought my career was just starting. I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. It was a very New York experience. It was like I'd walk from my apartment on 26th Street in Chelsea all the way up to 66th Street along the park. So I'd walk along Central Park and I'd like, you know, go shoot my one line and they'd treat me terribly. And I'd be in like a weird little room with all the extras. And I mean, it was just, but I was having the time of my life. So it was like, that was a tear. And then I guess the, you know, the biggest one, like after College Humor, making thousands of videos for the internet, I was like, I'm going to make my own movie. I didn't, nice. didn't matter if it was like $25,000. Making videos for the internet, my brother. How, how did you even get into that whole joint? That whole joint was like I just started making them with my with my buddies. We started just making them on the video camera that my parents got me for my high school graduation. We started making them for fun. We'd shoot in order. I didn't even know how to edit. We just shoot like shoot sequentially. And my buddy Sam Rice, who now owns College Humor, turned Dropout TV, which is super popular online platform. He was like, I think there's something here. I think there's something with putting videos on the internet. And he thought of that before Flash or YouTube. He, you know, there were a few other people putting putting videos up. And then he became, you know, the the kind of um, the beginning of the college humor video revolution. I was hired to be an on staff director, actor, producer, writer. It's crazy. Yeah. Nice, nice. Crazy. He must have that time doing that era. It, uh, that was the best era because you're just shooting Nerf guns at each other and like making sketches about boobs and beer and video games. And, you know, I mean, it, would, it was like it was crazy to be in your 20s and be in New York and just working with your buddies. You could still kind of yeah. still afford New York, you know, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, back then, yes, it was semi affordable. And then we got Bloomberg yeah. and he said the words, oh, New York is a luxury to live in. And that shit swelled up everybody's head. Yeah. Next thing yeah. you know, the, you know, everything just tripled. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And now it's now it's quadrupled. Um, but uh, but I love New York. I mean, that was that was where I came up just making videos on the streets in New York all over the place from nice. Yonkers all the way down to Sheep's Head Bay. We shot sketches. We shot in Staten Island. We shot at colleges. We shot in bars, stores. We shot all you over. The jokers before practical jokers, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some of some of the stuff we did was like impractical jokers. It was crazy. In that era, I remember early days and watching videos, you know, oh, check this out. We, we would smoke at night and just crack the F up as we look yeah. at this video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we made, I mean, that's who we made the videos for. It's just like anyone who smoke and, you know, I was at, I, mostly in college. They were mostly college kids. And the weirdest thing now is I get people my age coming up to me going like, I grew up watching you. Oh, shit. I grew up watching. I'm just like, what? Like, that makes you feel old. You look like me. How dare you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My hair ain't that white yet. I mean, I got you beat, brother. You're younger than me. Yeah. Hey, maybe. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's right, bro. It looks good. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. So, all right, bro. So, talk about that comic book side, though. What was your first real love in comics, and then what? What made you even decide to start making a comic? And you know. I loved. Well, I'm trying to remember what the what the, the intro to it was because we had a comic book store close to where I grew up in Maryland. I'd go 
I think the the lore for me was that they used to have these like these like 12, 15 inch action figures. Like when Batman Returns come out, all I ever wanted was one big Batman. I think I got one. I convinced my parents to give me one. They were expensive. They were twenty nine dollars. And um, <laughs> what's that? Some of the t-shirts that came out during that time. Yeah. I had all that were coming out for Batman. Well, every, yeah, every they were, ever had a Batman t-shirt. Yeah, they were all beautiful. I had one, and I had one mug that later a girl, my first girlfriend in New York City got me that I still have because it was just the Batman symbol, you know, the 89 symbol. But but anyway, way, way back when, I can't remember what the first comic was. I mean, I think I just picked up – it was probably Batman. I probably picked up one that just looked like the guy who, you know, I loved. I grew up on the Adam West and all. And I know that um, when I first started really caring about it, like I bought the death of Superman or asked my dad to before I even knew really what the whole legacy was. And then I definitely opened it. You know, it was like in the plastic. That's how they sold it because they knew it was going to be a big deal. I just immediately opened it. You know, of course, I'm going to read it. Um, It was Batman. It was like pretty. It was a lot of Batman, a lot of bat. Like uh, it wasn't called. I just looked this up and I, I have to remember the name. It was something like 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 night of the demon it's when he fights rajal ghoul in the desert and it's like a collection with him and talia and rajal ghoul and that one i read back to front front to cover front to back from back then yeah he had the batman with the chest hair the 70s batman (laughs) that's right that's right he was like in a cowl but no shirt on like you know beating (laughs) the shit out of people in the desert you know but i think the other one was Think about that, right? Batman was a luchador, just a cow. Shirt. Yeah, that's true. He was. He was. <laughs> he absolutely was. He absolutely was. And he probably fought. He probably fought a luchador many a time. He fought a great white shark. He fought at all of them. So yeah, I, yeah, I think. Let me tell you, I man, think it was that one. And like, don't you worry. Was that? He had shark repellent. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He had a shark repellent. Yeah, and then he got tiny little uh, breathing apparatus. But I think the one the one that I read for what it was an obscure one was like Batman year two and he oh, had yes. a gun. He had Joe Chill's gun. So he'd like shoot at people and he was fighting. I want to say that was the one where he fought the Reaper, but that might have been full circle. I can't remember. No, that was full circle with the Reaper for sure. But and listen, when Batman started, he had a gun, folks. I mean, that that, that just got red con. It's oh, okay, I won't use one, but he 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 was Back in the day, he was a noir character. He had yeah, a yeah. I can't remember what the one who the villain in year two was then, but that uh, the one on the cover when he's holding it and he's got the you know the injury. That one I read front to back, front to back, front to back. Same thing. And then when Batman Returns came out, and I was still you know pretty young, I just got the adaptation. Like that comic book adaptation of the movie was really really good. I just I, I mean, every time it was in the in the car, I just pick it up when we're in any car ride. I kept it in the car. I read it in the car, front to back, again and again and again and again. Don't you worry, kiddo. I mean, I'm a little older than you, but I was still part of that generation. Yeah, yes, everything, yeah. Batman, everything, everything. Love everything. It. A lot and of Batman. A Adam lot of West Batman. Guy. I even remember where I was when Adam West passed when we got that announcement. I was at actually, yeah. Adam. you know that that whole convention's energy died down literally. Yeah. Yeah. Little speaker and the energy yeah. literally died down. Like, Ooh. hey, like, oh, when we heard that, it's like, the fuck? Oof. You reminded me of when I first heard Chris Farley died on the radio. That was that was like a quiet car ride home. I was like, oh, and there are some people, there are kids who don't know who, I mean, so Adam I, West, it, Chris it's Farley. never got to enjoy his shenanigans for sure. Because yeah. Chris Farley was so 
was going to be one of the effing greatest of all yeah. Yeah. time. He was on yeah. the way. He yep. was on that's the right. Way. That's right. That's right. I mean, well, that's why. Well, unfortunate success, stress, and and other things get to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Reach out if you need help, folks. For real, uh, right. it's really important. That way, we don't lose you. Um, so, Josh, bro, so talk about that. Your, your first comic book attempt. Is it this particular project, or did you do something prior to the comic? Book? I was actually so I I started talking to my buddies at Invader, my publishing partners, uh, Mike Perkins and Kevin Miller, about another project that had a vampire project that um, I've been trying to get off the ground for some time. And it was really weird. I actually kept hitting a wall with Ashcan, uh, with the Ashcan script, like with comic writing. It was really weird. It was like I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to really consolidate the dialogue and to make it fully visual with minimal dialogue because I'm such a writer. Oh my it was, god! It was Gosh. crazy. I interviewed Carissa Grant yesterday, and she said the exact. She comes from the novel, and she goes to try to. She's like, in the novel, you just write it. Here, yeah. I, you know, now you have to explain the scene for them to understand what you're trying to portray in these words. So it's a whole different world. It's really weird. It's like a brand new. It's rewiring your brain, which is why wow. I, I, I fancy myself as someone who could just adapt to that medium, no problem. That was tough. That was really, really tough. And so what I did was something very sacrilege. I went to, I, I duly had an artist, Brianna Tippett, who, who is hand drew Darla brilliantly, who'd been doing fan art for my movies for years. Um, stuff that I was in or um, uh, college humor stuff or wounded fawn or a uh, wounded fawn recently, but that was after the comic werewolves within art, scare me art. She would just send me this art. And then I looked her up and I'm like, Oh my God, you did these, you self-published these books. Your artistry is incredible. You've got such an eye. Would you ever, you know, would you ever want to collaborate on something? She goes, Oh my God, I died to. I called her out in Fangoria and all this stuff. And so I thought, you know, I had this really dark movie script that I tried to get off the ground for like a hot second. I didn't get it off the ground. And I was like, you know, you're, your artistry is so charming and yet so gruesome. Maybe we could bring this dark story to life with your art style and maybe it could be super impactful. She read the script. She was like, wow, this is, this is great. It's up my alley. Like she immediately started drawing comps that I had referenced everything from shutter Island and the Babadook to prisoners and house of the devil, like really obscure stuff. And she was loving it. She would just start just testing the water. She liked to just kind of pre-sketch characters and just show me stuff. And I said, I'm loving everything you're doing. I showed her the dead zone. It was inspired by the very Stephen King. So she essentially, the first swing of my script of this book, Brianna hand drew 155, maybe close to 200 pages. She adapted the screenplay into comic form. And then, and then Invader was like, this is way too many words. You have to go back in here and take out half of these bubbles. It's it's going to look like it was choked with words, so that the, sometimes the image would would just be look it would just be her eyes, <laughs> the bubbles all around her, you know. Because poor what art, what art lies behind the word bubble? <laughs> that's right. Yes, truly, truly. And I was like, that's where I learned my lesson. And okay. so you know, um, I want to go back into my my next. I'm addicted now. I mean, now that I know, you don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a short film or a feature. You can just like 
support some artists and work on a truly collaborative and start writing right now, start creating like right now, start drawing right now. That's what really, really excites me about the medium because it's fast. And I would love to work fast, even if it's, you know, sometimes to my detriment. Um, so, you know, yes, yeah, she did it and, and it worked out, worked out great. The rest is history. We come out on the 31st of May. Woo! Yeah, baby. And you, you know, this was a Kickstarter. So let, let's give you guys a little tease. The Kickstarter's over, folks, right? But obviously it got funded and they did their thing and kicked yeah. ass. And now Crazy. they come out to Invader. But let's take a look. That way you guys get a nice little tease of what Invader's all about with that beautiful art. Be nice little play, right? Oh, hello. My name is Josh Rubin. I am the director of Scare Me and Werewolves Within. And I have created my very first graphic novel, a psychological horror called Darla, about an irritable small town woman who, after this wicked accident, starts to devolve and fantasize about a monster that lives inside her home. Uh, The story is fun and uncomfortable and hopefully a little creepy and scary. It's an homage to the work of Stephen King and to my love of HBO's Tales from the Crypt. I hope you'll feel that way too. And so um, with my uh, publisher buddies at Invader Comics, we are putting together this Kickstarter campaign to basically get this thing onto newsstands to uh, generously pay our artist, Brianna Tippett, who's an absolute genius, and to um, get Darla in your hands and your eyeballs as uh, soon as possible. So thank you so much for your support. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I can't believe how we did in this campaign. It was crazy. Like we rocketed past. It's a massive campaign. It's eighty five hundred dollars, and we we rocketed past the goal. Look at that! Ooh, with a hundred and ninety two yeah. backers. Congrats! And was this the first time you ever did a Kickstarter? First time I ever did a Kickstarter. I think I attempted before. I did. I did a uh, GoFundMe for a charity I worked for years ago, and I didn't. I didn't really want to. It's a full time job, you know. But the but the way that the my publishing partners phrased it to me was, "Don't look at it like you're just asking for money. These are pre orders, so people yeah, can either support it. That's right. It's a pre order. Yeah, you you can get the more you give, you can get art, you can get you know exclusive art, you can get. It's a pre order with perks. <laughs> a pre order with perks that really really helped kind of open up my my mind to it. So yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no brainer. Okay, yeah. I'll tell people about the pre-order. So the limited edition cover that people got, they can only they can, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. They you know the, see, the amount see, of people got see, it. That's the beauty of Kickstarter. It could be for something greater, but just to have the exclusivity, get the word out, yes. get the extra perks. I mean, that's the ideal avenue for players. And talk about that's this right. cover. Talk about you it made me laugh when you said and it and it it would well Irritable woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. An irritable Damn. small town lady. Does that picture there effing say that 150? <laughs> Holy crap. Look at this lady though. She looks like somebody that you just this, this is the lady in, in, in the old house you don't want to mess with. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Darla's kind of like uh she's kind of a Karen, you know what I mean? She's an upstate I Karen. <laughs> Oh man, don't be changing the Karen now. Everybody's gonna start calling Karen's dollars and you're gonna mess up. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh my god, Fangoria. Bro, tell me you collected this as a kid. You told me you were RFN. Me, my mother forced me to take down. Remember the I used to come with posters? My mother forced me to take down the posters because my little brother, now now he loves horror, mind you. 
I mean, yeah. sicker, sicker than me. But yeah. back then, <laughs> I was terrified, and I was forced to take down posters. I was censored in my own home. From <laughs> Sacrilege. Danny. Unfair, Mom. Yeah, but it was the Jason face. And then uh, he says, here's your age, or about. And so my mother had bought him one year, the My Buddy doll, when it came out. And that's when Chucky wow. came out. And I'm a big brother, so you know I gotta be an asshole, Josh. I have <laughs> <laughs> so you could imagine the fun I had that by the end of the day he hated that damn doll. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. Chucky was big. I mean, I didn't have Fango. I learned about Fango way later. I, I knew about Wizard magazine. That's about as close to Fango as I got. Okay, and I have my Wizard number one I mean? still. Still have my OG number one in plastic. Did that have cable and some of the X Factor or X-Men on the front? No, the issue number one is Spider-Man as a wizard. Oh, my God. Amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so dope. I, I mean, and I remember I, the first wizard I saw. Yeah, that's I'm so starting cool. to pick them up. Pick them up just for the nostalgia because this is how folks, you kids, you know, before the internet, this is how we found out about comics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We lived and breathed by that hard media. I'm just having, I'm just thrilled hard media is back. I'm thrilled Fango's big. We're, we're lucky enough to have been called out in Fango. Like they did a preview oh, really? for us. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. I mean, you did that horror flick, of course, doing your thing. And I actually mm -hmm. have the last issue of Fangoria from that first volume. Oh, yeah, yeah. From the first round. I went to that party and actually got Tom Savini's signature for me on it. Wow, yeah. dude, that's a yeah. good little brother. Yeah, my little brother, he hooked me up because since I gave him his love of horror, he blessed me with that. He goes, here, wow, since you put me huge. on, I give you this. Like, that's oh huge. <laughs> yeah. Savini's no joke. That's legendary status right there. You know it, my brother. It, you know, we'll see him in one of your movies soon. And if you need a dead Puerto Rican in a horror film, I'm <laughs> I'll do you better than that. <laughs> Bro, and look at this artistry here. I'm already digging how the pages look, the panel, the coloring. Talk about this. I mean, so th is this the introduction? Is this when we meet our, our Darla? No, no, it's not. This page 52. What's this going on? This is when uh, Darla has a dream where she, she just got included into. Uh, potential legal settlement that might be a nice reason for her to reach out to her estranged daughter, who oh. she may or may not have abandoned, had some kind of traumatic situation with. So she's having a nightmare about oh, her daughter. Okay. His name is Dallas. So you're telling yeah, yeah, me yeah. that Carla, there's a lot of bochinche, right? the gossip behind. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of drama, a lot, a lot of, a lot of gossip, a lot of drama, a lot of hot gossip. So this oh. is this is the first dream where we see. Or the, the, the nightmare that Darla has, she snoozes and she sees the face of her estranged daughter, her adult daughter, Dallas, who then there's an apparition in her dream who sort of turns into the monster that she's been interacting with up until this point. Ooh, and is that the monster? Because, whoa. And, and Some what, form of what it, yeah. What style here? What is the style of coloring? Because, you know, I, is that almost like I could see the brush marks. Yeah, uh, so uh, she, she since that's the first thing that comes up, that she hand drew everything. She doesn't do anything digitally. What she does is the brush marks then dissipate in the final version of it. You get like nice uh, crushed blacks and everything. But you can see how Brie truly did the thing hand-drawn page by page. So it does have a hand-drawn quality to it. I love this look right here, though. I mean, yeah. if you could do something, just you're like, yo, here's a like director's cut of, of a yeah. volume with this look. Yeah. I am thinking yeah. because you really appreciate the artistry behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now the word bubble. So you made me laugh. You said, so before you were crushing it, are you telling me, like, for example, here we have 
two word bubbles. So prior to this, you had maybe 20. <laughs> this one, thank God, this nightmare I was smart about. And Brianna and I were, you know, we, we attacked it minimalist style. There were other scenes, talky talky scenes were just like, wow, there's way too many bubbles in here. So we we cut them down significantly. But not this one. This, you know. Oh man, flamingos, guns, and collars. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. like what's going on here? Where am I? Yeah. That's darling's life. Uh, we're unloading in Las Vegas or what? What the heck? That's what's right. Going on that's just it. that's what's in her world. Those are some clues about Darla's world, world to be right now. Oh, uh, worse. So she's a fun old lady. She ain't maybe she ain't <laughs> so much of a Karen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. She's a character for a reason. And this is our oh. old cover. Oof. Yeah, that's Daniel Crossier's uh, alt cover. So our Kickstarter uh, campaign. This was the limited cover that folks get. But it's another nice. beautifully hand-drawn gig from, from Daniel. We're hand-drawn with those lines yeah. like that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. Beautiful. And, and look at what a great set of teeth. My man. Yeah. <laughs> Gnarly, right? <laughs> and there we go. Folks got awesome different tiers on this digital tiers. Mm -hmm. and physical tiers. And there, it looks, there it goes, folks, how it looks as the comic book cover. Mm -hmm. What is that next to it, though? That is, uh, that is the supposed to be her wallpaper sort of coming apart. And so there's this like almost Cronenberg-y style to it. It uh, splits like skin. Yeah. And that gross. Did you like Cronenberg's last film? I haven't seen, uh, I saw his son's film. I didn't see, oh gosh, what was the one with the, uh, with the ears? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't remember the title. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, I, can't, this, but I can't remember the title. Crimes of the Future? <laughs> Was that yes, it? yes, yes, yes. Was, was it good? It, it, well, it's Cronenberg. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's Cronenberg. It's Cronenberg. Yeah, you got to you gotta sit down, not be under the influence of anything. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just like, in. yeah, take it in. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I love him. I love that he's still doing it. Like, I, yeah, yeah, Nightbreed is one of the first things I saw and see him as an actor and know that he was an actor. is just like, oh, my God, that dude's a genius. Yeah, I actually spoke about Nightbreed not too long ago. Clyde Barker is definitely a legend, uh, and I love Nightbreed, the comic book, everything, the whole. Why are we not getting a TV show on Nightbreed? That would work I'm waiting. So I'm waiting, man. I, I really hope it's soon. I really, really that hope it's soon. I've been so dying. Well on TV show. Yeah. And I actually, at a, at a comic book convention last year, I found my holy grail because I, I sold it many years ago, and I regretted it. But it's the first comic book where Hellraiser fought Nightbreed. And it's what? called Jihad from Epic Wait a Comics. Minute. I have to look this up. That sounds it's, incredible. It's, Jihad by Hell, it's Hellraiser versus Nightbreed. And and, 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 and and like Pinhead is like, okay, you get different insights to Pinhead because he's like, wow, a, a major player in this fucking book. Two issue series, beautiful book with that very brushed. You know, art, artsy paint. Oh, oh, this so, is beautiful. I'm gonna have to buy one, man. Yes, get it. But listen, when I pulled it up, this I don't know. It was like something. My energy took me to that box. I looked in this box, and that's the first thing I pulled out. And then I'm like, "Please tell me that you have issue two. And I just went to the next one. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I, oh I, I, my god! I look like did? the children. Give me pom poms because that's how I was right there that day. Like, woo! I was so happy as a fan. Dude, oh, I love this. Oh, look, look, folks, look at this. That's that's the eyes of excitement there. Like, wait a minute. I never heard of this. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? 
You can get it. Oh my god, you can still get some on oh man. Yes, I, yes, I yes. Get oh, your cool. hands on this. You're gonna appreciate the crap out of it and the story. And this needs to be a movie too. A way to bring back all this stuff. I just hope they, they make Clyde. There's so much Clyde Barker IP. You know, he has a story called Ecto Kid. It's like a, a supernatural oh, superhero. It's like I'm a dark man freak, so I want more yes, horror yes. superheroes, you know? Yes. Yeah. Wait a yeah. minute, Josh. Yeah, right. When are we getting in a director and a producer? You doing all that business? We need you to give us one. What up? I oh. gotta get. I gotta get his blessing. But you know what? If I can't make oh, dark oh, man you right can do now, me, you can do, let's do Wepa man. And anytime I scream Wepa, is an octave choice <laughs> buildings. All right. That's go. great. It's like it's like Repo Man. We can bring in demons. We can. Bring, dude, I love it. Repo love Man. It. Oh my God! Uh, shout out to my man Lance. That's one of his favorite movies. Like anytime he talks about, movies, I love Repo Man. And it's true. <laughs> I took a good look back at it again. You know, because I saw it as a kid, obviously. Yeah. Now watching it back as an adult, you get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It is dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we got to get back to Dollar Man because we're talking about all these other creators, but this guy is the awesome creator that we're talking about today. I mean, look at all these things. So you were giving out, let me see, Dollars. Oh, a script analysis you were doing. You got a graphic novel with the print, with the book plate. I mean, you were giving mm-hmm. out reports, huh? original art, uh, a 15-minute Zoom session. Talk about yeah, how that, many of those I got. I mean, let me see five back. Wow, so I I owe five 15 minute zooms to some lucky, some lucky Darla fans, or hopefully, hopefully potential Darla fans. That's just gonna be like, hey, you want to meet? You want you like anybody care to talk about me for 15 minutes? And I guess they will. You know, should be a good time. I'll just awesome. ask them uh, how they're doing. Make make their day. Obviously, they'll make my day. Yeah, man, have that chat that we could have at a comment. Con with other disturbance of other fans. How dare That's they right. get in my way? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so before anything, I definitely want to know because a big shout out to Invader Comics that you work with. How did you even get involved with Invader? I knew both of the guys who run it, uh, Mike Perkins and Kevin Miller from years ago. I used to direct commercials. So I met them in different parts of my career through di- in different years. Mike Perkins, when I was working at a production company I was rep by years and years ago. And Kevin Miller, I can't remember. I think I met him when he was somehow involved in Comedy Central. And the two of them, and then I found out they worked together. I mean, it just, it, and it just, and then, and then like when I was like starting to get into comics or starting to get intrigued by the idea, seeing that they were posting about their new company, I was like, wait a minute, maybe there's, maybe there's a way we can work together. Um, I love their look. I love their their style. I love their philosophy. It's very creator friendly. They're so so just smart. So they were they were, they were guys I've known forever, and that's what the, the trust was there, and they they somehow trusted me to you know have uh, have this graphic novel be part of their uh, be part of their echelon, you know. And listen, my brother, you you're doing amazing stuff, and I know that this comic book is just another check mark in awesomeness. Uh, on the Ruben verse over here. Right? So, let me ask you, Josh. You know, okay, we got the comic right. It, it's coming out, right? What What are the next plans here? What What's popping? What can we? What else can we expect from the Ruben verse? Are we getting more comics? Are we getting another film? What are we getting? Uh, yeah. I well, I just announced a film with a Scream star Jasmine Savoy Brown, who's also on Yellow Jackets, um, and She Hulk star Tatiana Savoy Brown. Or sorry, uh, uh, Tatiana Maslany, Jasmine Savoy Brown. Yeah, that'd be if they got married. Um, so Tatiana <laughs> Maslany and Jasmine, they, uh, <laughs> they, man, I guess I haven't gotten enough sleep. It's I, been a long day. 
but there's a it's a sci-fi movie called Green Bank that we announced. Um, so right. that'll hopefully go next year. We're just locking in the final, you know, crossing the T's. And yeah, I love she she awesome. I think she killed the role. Have fun. And yeah. I think she's extremely talented. You know, even before that, she's been working. Oh, my God. So talented. Amazing. Both of them are incredible, incredible oh, yeah, actors. Yeah. So just hoping just hoping I can do it before before long, you know? Get it done, brother. You're already doing it. You're the, you're the big man. So are you – okay, so when the comic book comes out, you know, we're in con season. Are you going to be mm-hmm. doing any comic cons where we could see I'll, you? Dude, I will go anywhere people will have me. If you're listening, <laughs> you want to have me there. Looking like Big Lebowski Jr., I will go and I will meet people. Bring the bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring my bowling ball. I'll bring a stack of comics. I'll sign I'll sign shit. I'll do it all, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to meet people. There you go, folks. If you're a con runner, Josh is available. Right? I mean, he's awesomeness, and he's going to bring nothing but, but even more spice to the convention <laughs> scene. That's right, kiddo. And I've been showing this off, folks. You know, if you guys have not been paying attention, uh, you better uh, Josh's Mindhouse.com below. And you can also click, click on the uh, notes because I have it there. You know, you can follow him on IG as well at Josh Rubin. All right. That's right. Rubin, right. R U R U B E N. All right. That's right. Like Ruben Blades. Like yeah, Predator yeah. 2's Ruben Blades. Is it Ruben Blades or because I'm Latino, Ruben Blade? Mm. I was a I'm, I was a little chubby white kid who just loved Predator too, so I would just be oh blades, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's tomato, tomato with him because I hear him sometimes say Ruben Blades, and sometimes I hear him Ruben Blade. I say which one is it, bro? It's confused. probably pro- probably the latter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome actor as well, bro. Uh, yeah. Let's lo- lo- see that he's still on the scene and even doing music too. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, man. Yeah, he's still doing it, man. That's a, it's impressive. When are we gonna get some salsa from Josh? Then are you gonna do a put out a record anytime soon? A, a rap anytime, record? I'll, I'll pull. I'll have my Eddie Murphy moment. I'll do my <laughs> album. I'll have my Patrick Swayze moment. Absolutely. Yo, that, that, yo, listen, but but they had their moment for real. Look, those tracks were hot. You know, they were that, good. <laughs> they were. They were. Yeah. They were. They were good. Like the wind. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. I love Josh right here. But all right, so for real, um, so. You're available for cons. You know, we have a film coming up. The book is dropping real soon from Invader Comics, folks. I mean, where can they get right. the pre-order in? Can they go to invadercomics.com or something? Like, where, where do they go? Ooh, that's a great, you know? that's a great question. Right now, I believe comic buyers can reach out to Invader directly. Go to, uh, is it invadercomics.com? I should probably know this. But if you go to Invader yeah, Comics' know. website, then you can, uh, I'm sure they'll make it easy for you. But we're out in bookstores May 31st. Uh, yes, way you slice it. Com. There, there we you go. go. Sure. There you go. That makes it easy. Yes, and as well as the Invader Comics all over on the socials. And you can definitely check out their beautiful website. A lot of books from independent creators supporting indie. That's what we do here, and that's what they do. Webby, baby, I love it. Josh, you're awesome, bro. So I gotta ask you before we go. So yes, know, sir. Just getting back to that horror vibe. If you could get killed by any horror icon, who would you like to get killed by? <laughs> Does Dark Man count? Does Dark Man count? Can Bring I? Ca- dark I mean, man. I, Dark Man can he can string me up. He can he can uh, take a mold of my face and then throw me into traffic. That's probably what he'd do. He'd probably he'd probably take both of my arms off, throw me into traffic. But 
he would take a, at least take a picture so that he can uh, he can uh, wear my face. <laughs> there you go. Josh Rubin's fantasies for Dark Man to wear his face. And you know what? I can see this in the Rubin verse. You have ideas. <laughs> you need to bring back Dark Man. I got an idea, all right. I, I, I got a good feeling. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it was great stuff. You're right. Like, what happened? Why are we not, you know, using those original IPs like that? You know, instead we're uh, recycling stuff that just gets we're gonna do, They're just going to do Batman again, you know? I, I think we're going to get there, man. I really, really do, Al. I think, I, think, oh. I think in our lifetime there will be a Darkman project. And if Maybe I have my druthers, Liam Neeson will be involved in it. Oh, oh what? All right, you heard Hollywood. Wake the F up. My man Josh is ready for you with, with the next hit of 2024. That's 25. Right. That was going to take. Dark Man 25, happy. baby. Wait, we need, we, yeah, we got to get Liam now. That's why it's important. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> he got his energy. He still got some pop in his legs. <laughs> he does. He does. He's still throwing punches. I know he can do it. I know he can That's do okay. it. If Clint is at almost 90, you know what I mean? Shit. <laughs> Liam's fine. Yeah, Liam's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Josh, you rock, bro. Blast, bro. I dig the energy. I dig the vibe. You know, I hope to see you in person one day on the East Coast, West Coast. Down yeah, South, man. Yeah, I love it. And, and, and the offer is there. If you need a, if you need a kill a, a, a minority in a horror film, I'm here for you. Right. <laughs> so you, you can so kill you can, me in a horror film. Yeah, so that way you can fill the minority, uh, you know, uh, uh, criteria. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> no. But again, folks, big homie here, Josh Mindhouse, yo, because my man is funny. He got stuff for you to keep you entertained and a fantastic book with, you know, what doll is going to replace uh, Karen's in the future, right? That's right. And right there, follow Josh at IG, Josh Rubin, all right? He's introducing us. The new what well, lady we're gonna dislike lady name. <laughs> That's right, the new Karen, everybody, Darla. Check it out, five thirty one twenty three, baby. And read the comics. That's right. This is Comic Crusaders with the amazing Josh Ruang. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Wepa. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.